how is dating for you now, considering that you've really just come out? And I like finally lost my virginity. I did bottom, but I was tight, you know, obviously. Sure. Now I know what the phrase when people are like, they need to get laid. I was like so happy. Welcome to another episode of Primary Care. I'm your host, Dr. Hendricks. <laughs> This episode of Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiette Health. More than just an ED treatment. Uh, we have Kiki here from Netflix's 20-somethings Austin. How is dating for you now, considering that you've really just come out and, you know, how are you navigating it? What is yes. it like? I don't know if it's TMI, but like this last year, it was when I like finally like lost my virginity. <laughs> and I awesome. like, what it, but it was like so good and so bad. It's um, always a little bad. <laughs> 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 um, I just like realized I built sex up to be something I just was thought it was a scary like thing and you know you don't talk about a lot of like males you know having sex growing I, up I know I didn't know how to do it I was like well I didn't know like what it was entailed so I'll tell you my coming at my virginity loss story if you'll tell me yours oh gosh okay okay I'm like I haven't talked about this I haven't either <laughs> I haven't either enough. this is not okay <laughs> okay so I was at Orlando I was in Orlando at a bar called Pulse it was actually the bar that I went to the most growing up and this is where the tragic terrorist attack happened and now it's unfortunately closed I'm not oh sure gosh. if you recall back yes. 40 plus people lost their lives but I spent a huge amount of my time at Pulse like that's kind of where I learned my queerness you know the first time I seen drag queens Angelica Sanchez shout out to you if you're still out there um this is my first drag queen I ever saw oh. I love drag queens um but I remember I, my nails were black <laughs> I remember the day vividly a friend of mine had convinced me that we should carry purses I was 16 by the way this is not a time when guys were carrying purses, but we were. But anyways, I met this guy. He was like 24. I was him, of course, I was like 19. Went back to his place and I was freaking out. My friend followed our, our car behind us, but like the guy didn't know because I like rode with him back to his house and we're like texting each other. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill me. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I've never been with a person like that before. And so we get to his house and it ends up, I think, after the morning after I realized it was his parents' house. <laughs> because we go through like the back door, we go inside and he has this like really interesting room. It was kind of like bohemian vibes I, he totally smoked cigarettes in there which at the time I was like smoking cigarettes too because I was so adult at 16 you know? <laughs> I just anything to look feel adult and I remember Roseanne was playing on the TV oh my which was a good sign for me we start kissing and stuff and then he's like you know making the moves that we're gonna start doing things and I'm like oh my god I don't know if I'm a top am I a bottom like, yes, what is this gonna uh, happen I'm like I'm literally 100 pounds soaking wet he was like 6'5 big guy I'm like this is gonna be a disaster well I don't think this would be fortunate for everyone everyone different but for me it was fortunate because he ended up being a bottom i think it's a little easier your first experience topping at least from my experience because i didn't know what i was gonna do i had no idea what bottoming until no one educated me you know yes. my friends never told me we ended up having a fling for like a few times we would hang out when i'd be oh, in orlando wow. and i was obsessed with him i remember this was also the time irreplaceable came out on the radio by beyonce and that would i would like cry oh like because he wouldn't yeah. return my calls <laughs> this is speaking to me this is helping me you don't have to tell your story but if you want to tell us your because I haven't been able to talk about this. So yeah. this was like therapy. It was a guy who like, I kind of knew and I had, my therapist calls it limerence, but like I had pictured him like the best version of himself, but he's not necessarily that person. I do that all the time. And she, my friends always tell me, they're like, that's your strength, but it's going to hurt you in the end. And so like, I thought he was like the hottest guy, the smartest, the bravest. And now that I think about it, I'm like, he's not those things. We went for drinks and like, we were so open and we like,
like came back to my place and we watched Euphoria and I, I was like the first episode. Oh my god, that'll get things spicy. <laughs> and then uh, like same, like I always wonder like am I a top, am I a bottom? People I'm like assume I'm a bottom, but I'm like I feel like I can like surprise Listen, people, you know? I still, everyone assumes I'm a bottom 24-7, I embrace it, I love it, I've been called a twink since I can remember, I hope it continues. Oh my god, sorry. No, <laughs> it was like the funnest night of my life. We were running around naked, like we were trying different things, and like I remember, like um, oh gosh, I don't know if I should say this. I guess I will. We can uh, get like, <laughs> I'm like, I did bottom, but I was like tight, you know, obviously, because sure. yeah. I was like new, and so like he was trying different things, which I appreciated. Yeah. And then he ended up like leaving, and so like I slept alone. I remember I woke up, and I was like, now I know what the phrase when people are like, they need to get laid. I was like so happy, like I was like, yes. I remember I went to go get Chipotle, and I was like skipping like yes. I was like I was like I just grew like um maybe an attachment that's a good thing he like okay. did not want to talk about it after and I was like that's okay and I wanted to bring up like I'm not expecting anything like, right that was fun I don't regret it I hope you don't regret it I'll yeah. be down to do it again but like and I also knew like this person was not in a place for a relationship but like they did not want to talk it about which hurt my feelings because it made me feel like they didn't want to hook up again like there's something wrong with me and I was sure. like it was my first time maybe I was bad but like I can get better you know um, Those are all normal thoughts, I think. And I think, too, that's really not anything on you that's on that other person. I, it's really unfortunate that people can't be a little bit more upfront with how we feel because I'm sure you would have much rather heard, hey, I want to be single, but we, I had a lot of fun. Let's talk about it because I know that was your first time or because let's just talk about it. Let, you know, at least leave that door open. You know, it doesn't harm that person to at least text you back and explain how they felt and, you know, give you reassurance, too. But these things happen to everyone. It's certainly happened to me so many times. I think my number one advice for people who are just coming out and just exploring their sexuality and have their heart on their sleeves like I do, you do, keep it there. Because the most fun you're going to have in your life is that those giddy moments, those hookups where you are the one who is more infatuated than them. And I know a lot of us think that, oh, I need to make that other person like me more. I need to play hard to get. That takes yes, away your own like fun. Enjoy it. <laughs> you're there. There's nothing better than feeling like you have butterflies for somebody, you know? And for me, looking back, that was the whole fun of hooking up. It's like, it's really about you and yourself you know the other person is there obviously to give you pleasure too and to enjoy and to but if that's on them you know they they can contribute as much or as little if you find them attractive and you're feeling giddy and you're in the moment i think you should just be all about you and if they want to add to that after the fact that's up to them otherwise thank you for your time i enjoyed myself we were safe we did all the things we should do and on to the next <laughs> no thank you yeah. that, like, speaks to me <laughs> it's really hard not to get jaded of course because our emotions are painful looking back whenever I was single, I would always try to repress those and avoid the pain and avoid the letdown and feeling insecure. But I, that was all me. That person didn't make me feel that way. I was I was bringing those things out of myself and allowing myself to feel insecure and to feel not worthy and to feel not good enough. That person didn't say any of those things to me. And their response was usually minimal like yours. Like they would either, you know, blow me off or just be like, I'm not into it. And then I would overthink and take myself on this spiral journey of like Krispy Kreme donuts, crying, Bridget Jones died. Diary, all yeah. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
yeah. But I look back at those moments and I had so much fun eating my donuts, crying. And you, you know, it's a, a way of growing up. It's a way of learning how to deal with these emotions. But always remember that like majority of the time when you have a negative thought, it's you putting it on yourself. And if it's someone else, who cares what they think, you know, at the end of the day, but always think like, where's this coming from? Like, am I putting this on myself? Am I feeling insecure about myself? Or did that person actually say something to me? Because obviously you guys had a great time, you know, and I would just focus on that and focus on how you can continue having those great times with whoever you're with. Yes. And it's always great too to like, obviously go into a, a relationship smart, but why not feel like the person you're with is the most amazing thing? That's a great feeling too. You want to feel like you're with the best, the smartest, the bravest, the hottest, at least while you're there, when they move on, then you can find the next one, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I got really biased and really jaded after going through a lot of those similar experiences. And I think it took me out of how much fun I used to have. So don't let people take your fun away because that's all you, you get to decide how much fun everything is that you do. No one can really take that from you unless you let them. No, thank you. Yeah. I needed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you do make me think, cause like during it, I was like, I thought it was the end of the world. When I told my friend on the phone who knew me like while I was closeted, she's like, you're talking about like hooking up with a guy, like rewind two years ago. You, it wouldn't even be a thing. Yeah, like you never even like dated, kissed a guy and like now, you know, you went all the way and I'm like, you're right, you're right. It's yeah. just, like, just in the moment, it's hard. <laughs> I think too, talking about sex is really challenging because majority of my conversations about my encounters have also because I mentioned I haven't had a lot of queer friends been with like straight girls who yes. have a great perspective and I love their perspective but it's completely different than ours yes there's just a lot to explore when you're being when you're uh, queer and and having sex and I think if you go to a straight resource sometimes they're not going to be able to really even give you um, a splash because a lot of my friends who are straight are very vanilla just like me but I'm trying to break out of that you know I've been queer for quite a while I'm ready <laughs> to like, you know, I, we had someone on our podcast recently who owned a sex shop and I'm like, yeah, me and my partner, we're like, we're not going crazy, but we're like trying to figure out some fun stuff to do because we're monogamous and things get monotonous. You know, <laughs> we want to keep it fun. It hasn't yet, but we want to keep it fun and spicy and do that. Enjoy it, you know, explore while you can and, and have fun. I think it's, it's incredible to come out at 16 or 26. You can literally make it however you want it to be. And just don't let anyone give you rules and, and try to make you follow what they did. Try not to overthink. Yeah, which, I'll try. How does your family feel about church and you? Like, how, are the, how have they digested you being out? I told them that Thanksgiving, like the year before I went on the show, I remember like my whole family was there and I kind of blacked out. At Thanksgiving? Yes, because I never, for you. I, I never go home. Take your moment. And I was like, this is the time. This is my moment. <laughs> I, I like blacked out. I remember just talking and then my mom like was crying, which made me cry. And my sister was like, she's not crying because she's sad. And then my dad stood up and like gave me a hug. And I was so <gasps> thankful. Like, wow. Normally my mom is like a hundred questions and I'm like not ready for them. And so yeah. I, was, I didn't want that. I was like, I don't even know the answers. I'm not yes. ready. But she did it. It was kind of like, probably because it was so awkward and unexpected. They didn't really ask me much. And then we didn't really talk about it. And then the show came out and I remember it came in like two drops. I had dinner with them between the drops. And I remember at dinner and like no one's talking about it. It's like, you just watched my show. And I kissed a boy on like right. the first drop I think finally I brought it up like so are we gonna talk about the show and then they were like everyone opened up my mom was convinced I was engaged the guy I was like on the show with I'm like I would tell you if I was engaged like no you wouldn't they would make you not tell me but 
Now my family like overplays it. Like we'll be like watching commercial. Like oh my gosh, did you see that gay couple in the back and like the bleachers? I'm like oh my gosh, like you don't have to bring up like it's like so awkward to me because I'm like I don't want to talk about that. I told my mom, you know I'm gay, right? Literally that's what I said. You know I'm gay, right? She's like you're not gay. You dated girls in high school and middle school. I'm like oh yeah. That come on. I I literally at six and seven years old was putting a towel on my head and dancing to the Spice Girls in front of you, like literally making her sit on my bed with two girls who are my best friends and we would put on a show for her weekly. I was obsessed with Britney Spears to the point that like, I almost wanted to dress like her. She knew, but it was just something that she was so against. And so she thought she was tailoring me to be this person that she put a lot of work into for 18 plus years. And then that person died, literally. With my dad and my stepmom and my and his mom, with my partner, we've been together about four years. When it got serious, I just, I never told them I was gay. I just started bringing him around. And I was like, this is Gabriel, he's here. And he was Aww. always there. <laughs> so they kind of got it. We Aww. never had the conversation, but. So on the show, um, unexpectedly, my grandma passed. I'm and so, so sorry. Actually, I got to FaceTime my grandma before she passed. She like passed that day. And so then I had to leave the show to like, you know, go to the funeral. And uh, when I was back home, my mom was like, when I was with grandma, she's like, I got to tell you something about Keanu. And she's like, what? Then my, I think my grandma said something like, he lives with a man or something like, along those <laughs> yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, no. And she's like, he's gay. And that my grandma had said, so like, we're still going to love him. And I didn't realize I needed that. And like, she passed knowing I was gay, but I never knew like she knew. I appreciated my mom doing that. Yeah. Like for me. Incredible. Um, I think your mom is incredible for doing that because I think a lot of people look back a lot of times and say I wish that person would have known before they passed just so I could know their reaction personally I try to avoid thoughts and processes like that just in my life in general like what if what if I or you know ha- had I done something or had someone known and they're gone now because there's nothing we can do to change yes. that but I think it's incredible that she knew that that would be important you know because a lot of parents they wouldn't even think that mm-hmm. you know especially they would try to avoid anything uh, inflammatory around someone who may be passing soon or sick you know and for for her to be like, no, I know this is important. I, she's, she's a super mature lady. She's awesome. So maybe I'll get to meet her one day. <laughs> I mean, like you said earlier, where these outside factors are so much more important than coming out. And I'm like, that was a hundred percent me. Yeah. Like, but it was like, you're happy outside, but when you're by yourself, you're like miserable. And it's right. like, that's not and eventually, yeah. worth it. Like you need to like, you know, that's, I think eventually usually I guess people's like breaking point to come out. Exactly. Um, Actually, when I lived in Fort Myers, where I did my residency after I finished medical school, I went to this gym, LA Fitness, and I met this older guy. Usually, I think most gay guys, when you meet an older guy, you find them quite, especially at the gym, you're like, you're kind of creepy. Like, what's going on? on?" (laughs) But he was actually super, super nice. And so he ended up telling me that he had multiple children. He'd been married before, but he thinks he might be gay. And he's always kind of felt that way. And he's finally felt free enough to where those outside factors of being a dad and being a husband, because he's divorced now, or was at the time, and all his family stuff, it wasn't feeding him anymore. He was looking to be more, you know, aligned with who he was and who he wanted to be. There's no one way fits all, you know? I always tell people it's never too late. Yeah. Hey folks, my podcast Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiette Ready, the latest pharmaceutical advancement in erectile dysfunction. This is a sublingual compounded treatment using three ingredients, sildenafil, tadalafil, and apomorphine, and it works up to five times faster than pills and chewables. We give you a promo code PRIMARYCARE for 20% off your first order and free shipping. Now, let's get back to uh, the content. Being on a Netflix show, obviously you went from Arkansas to Netflix (laughs) show. So what has that been like? Like, do you get to go to events? Do you get invited places? Do you feel like a celebrity. This is always so awkward for me to talk about because I always tell people I'm like, I'm normal. But like last Saturday when I went out, you know, people point at you and they're like, you're famous. And like, 
I never want to call myself like, right. <laughs> famous because um, you know I'm not like an actor or singer. You um, could be. You never know. <laughs> but definitely Austin, since we filmed here, like right. I feel like every day I see someone that knows me, and I'm so thankful because growing up in Texas, I knew Austin was very much like, don't make this LA, don't move here. So when the show is coming out, I'm like, we could get hate. They could be like, why are y'all here? But it was the opposite. Everyone's like, you belong here. Like I get way more support than hate. That's awesome. If there are like influencer events or events in Austin, I like do get invited and like that's think that's so wild. Cool. I think the most wild is like social media. Like I'm a huge Real Housewives fan. I think like five of them follow me back and I was like, oh my gosh, like so cool. I DM me, you know, Lisa Barlow right now. Yeah. Like it's just like so wild. Yeah. Though. Or you go to events and you see these famous like actors, actress, and someone's like, You want to meet them? I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah. what world am I living in? I think it's so vulnerable to be putting yourself out there and you deserve all the positive things that this leads for you. So no, thank you. Awesome. That means a lot. I yeah. it's like being sensitive and vulnerable. I think it's always been seen or like as a weakness and I realize I'm older, like I'm glad I am that way because I got this from TikTok, but I meet people whose like emotional intelligence is like a carrot. And I'm yes. like people can't express like if they're upset or if they're like what's wrong and I'm so glad I am able to I don't know, relate to people. Like I don't have many talents, but I'm like that's maybe like That's my not one gift, true. You know? <laughs> That's not true. So this is my thing. You cannot say negative things about yourself because especially us overthinkers, it stays in the back of our head and we perpetuate that thought. You have many talents. It's kind of like what a therapist would call cognitive behavioral therapy. It's one of the most effective ways to treat depression or anxiety. It's retraining your thoughts and avoiding things that are negative, but it's also avoiding things that are just negative statements about yourself and observations about yourself because you're the only one who's listening. When I'm the same as you, like it's always been hard. I don't know why. I'm like maybe because I'm weird. If I go to a straight bar, people are like, wow, like, oh my gosh, like pictures, want to talk to you, everything. Whereas sometimes if I go to a gay bar, people may be visiting, they'll come say hi, but I feel like daggers and eyes or like, yeah. hey, and I'm like also like proud I went on the show because like, I'm probably not your standard American beauty, but I'm glad that like I got to go on there and represent like the normal person, you know? And so I'm like, yes, maybe I'm not like the typical gay Adonis they pictured, but I was like, I represented like multiple things besides, you know, being gay, um, being like second gen American, being Mexican. We don't go out much because I'm I'm like a super grandpa. Like I love to garden. I love to get stoned. I love to eat. I love to watch movies. We play with Legos. We like to create content. And um, so we're super weird, but we decided <laughs> to go out one night. Literally, this is like the last time I went out. That was it was like September of last year. Oh my God. <laughs> we were in Dallas and we decided that that night we were going to go out and it was a big deal. That means we had to nap the day, the earlier in the day. <laughs> and I um, had to take some caffeine uppers and I had to not smoke weed because I cannot smoke weed and go out. Oh no, <laughs> not go well together. So I had to stay sober. And so it was like a Saturday and we got to the gym and we were ready. We we're going to go out. So we went to dinner first and then we went to this bar called, I think Roundup and Dallas? Is it a gay bar? It's I a gay bar. To, okay, Dallas, Dallas is yet. awesome. I'm a huge Dallas fan. I am obsessed with Dallas. I wish I sort of lived there. I think that there, it's a beautiful city. People seem nice. There's a lot of fun gay bars, and they're always super packed. At least when I went. Um, it was a Saturday, so maybe it's not always super packed. But it was <laughs> packed that night. So we went out, and 
Um, I consider myself a drag king because of how I look. You know, I think people assume I look this way naturally. Well, let me tell you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I was, I, I found myself to be very unattractive growing up. So I knew I wanted to change that. So yes, I've had Botox before. Yes. I've had my skin resurfaced multiple times. Yes. I work out like crazy. I eat very strict and all because this is my drag. This is how I want to look, you know? And, and I literally see it the same way. The jeans I'm wearing is like my drag you know the, the outfit so we went we were wearing like wife beater tank tops uh, uh like a trucker hat my hair was really long i had like really baggy jeans and i thought people were not going to come up to us and talk to us because that's kind of like a weird vibe weird look anyways so we were at the bar just sitting there and we were like we don't even drink so we had like one out al one alcoholic beverage and this bar has multiple rooms so we go in this one room and everyone is there and we open the door and everyone at the same time, there was probably like a hundred people just turned and stared at us. Like we were entering their space. Right. <laughs> I go, Oh no, I just closed the Stop. door and like literally walked out. Right. And I didn't overthink it, but I was like, that's not the room for us. So we just kind of were hanging out and then we met a few guys who were like talking to us and like let them dance and we were like dancing with them and, and just kind of just hanging out. And they're like, oh, you know, the bar's gonna close. Do you wanna come back to our place? We're all gonna hang out. I'm like, I was talking to my partner, I'm like, so what does this mean? What are they asking us? Is this like a sexual thing? <laughs> Is this like, do we just hang out? It's like three in the morning. You know, back in the day, I would just go. So let's just go. And my and we were like, okay, so let's go. And then we decided we weren't gonna go. But we were all leaving and we're like, yeah, we might meet up with you guys. We'll text you. And one of the guys was like, well, I'll just ride with you. And I'm like, oh. Oh no. We're stuck, we but it's fine. So we went, <laughs> we went, and I can't believe I'm talking about this story, but we went to this apartment. The guys that we were there with were all really attractive and they were super nice. But in talking to them, I realized that they were quite conservative in a lot of their views. Like they didn't watch drag. They thought drag was kind of strange. They had said some anti-femme type comments. I'm like, it's 2023. Are we really anti-femme anybody? Like mm -hmm. at this point, they were also talking about a lot of the cliques in Dallas, where I guess there's a lot of cliques. I don't live there. I don't know. Please don't come for me. I don't know <laughs> what the issues are there. But um, they mentioned that the room we had walked into was was like a specific click and like oh you don't want to go in there that's like they're like the meanest of all and i was like i got that vibe so we like they kind of added to that which i thought was interesting that there's still so many like clicky type situations in our community and then um yeah, I don't know if I'm going to say this, but this is the weirdest thing that happened to me and this is why i have not hung out with anybody since so we were sitting in the guy's apartment there's three of them and one guy he doesn't even live in this house he pulls up his phone and he's like we're watching music videos over on the, the tv and he pulls up his dms and in his instagram and he's going through them on his tv showing us all the guys that send him dms and he's a good looking guy maybe he's trying to like um show off i don't know what his i don't know what the vibe was why he was doing that but he was yeah. showing us all these guys direct private messages and nudes oh gosh on the tv and we were like are we drunk <laughs> this is happening in real life like what is the point of this and um so at that re moment i realized maybe it's best to just not have friends <laughs> oh my god you know that literally i was kind of i mean they were so nice though i would never have assumed that and then i also think back how many dms i've sent years ago when i was single i'm like oh my god people have seen me <laughs> i didn't know this was a thing but yeah it was just really eye-opening into like a, a piece of what it was to go out because again we live in jacksonville florida and here and we don't go out here much when we're at home we in jacksonville is typically we have more free time and there's nowhere to go so we just haven't really been very social and so i it was kind of like this eye into what queer culture was going out and i guess it's very specific to one city so i shouldn't like stereotype it for everyone but I didn't love it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and so, um, 
how how do you end up in Austin? Great question. So the company that sponsors this podcast, Rejet Health, I've been working with them since like the end of 2019, early 2020, so right before the pandemic, and they do men's health, erectile dysfunction, compounded medication. I've been really passionate about ED and, and men's health um, for quite some time, only because I feel like it's another medical condition that young men kind of get skipped over. You know, we think of erectile dysfunction as being something just for older people, and there's many aspects of people who have ED on a spectrum, right? There's people who cannot have sex without medication or have severe ED, and there's patients who, you know, want to go multiple times and want to have a really close sexual connection with their partner that lasts hours, and so those medicines can help them for that as well. And so it's been really cool to be in the sexual health field and work with them. They've been so supportive of me and my own journey whereas a lot of times you work in a company and they're like you can't do your own thing no you have to just be with us they've really supported me from day one of doing my own thing and and letting me kind of spread my wings and over the years we've just gotten really close and their office is headquartered here and earlier this year um we were like hey how can we we blend this together and and work closer together and i they know i talk a lot so they're like let's put you on a podcast and i was like absolutely and um it's just been a lot of fun so i've i've really enjoyed that i'm still kind of like learning austin i I will be honest i'm I'm not like in love with it yet (laughs) i'm getting there um i love the food the people are so great the energy is vibrant i don't love the weather yet it's been kind of like murky cloudy Uh gray we were driving through north texas to get here and it was like sunny and beautiful and as soon as we got like 30 minutes outside of austin it was like clouds and darkness it's but April <laughs> it's going to change. I heard the summers are incredible. I can't wait to see Barton Springs. I can't wait to make more friends and have more time here. I also, we live like really close to our office and it's super loud and, and like a lot of bars, which is super fun. I think people would love living where I do, but I'm a grandpa. Yeah. So it's a little bit, I need more, a little more like uh, chill. So we're learning and making new friends. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a really cool journey, and I'd never thought I'd, I'd live here. And so, we're hopefully gonna find a house this summer and be able to move into a place that's a little bit more cozy and um, just continue to lay roots here and then make more friends like you. No, welcome. <laughs> and I love what you do. I, like I follow you, and so talking Thank about you. like. I don't want to say gay medicine. I don't know what term yeah, you use, but no, like, but totally. Yeah. Medicine that really targets the LGBTQ plus yes. community and, and mostly gay men, obviously at like age six, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I had no idea what that meant, but I loved going to my pediatrician. I saw kids from my neighborhood there. Their parents were there. We always saw the same doctor. There was like two staff members. It looked like a very easy business to run even at six, you know, I'm like, I could do this. It's super simple and cozy. And um, as I got older, I realized it was much more complicated to become a doctor. But a traumatic event happened in my life. I was dating someone who was really toxic for me. And then my dad, my stepdad and mom got divorced. And I said, I'm out of here. I got to get out of Jacksonville. What's going to be my ticket out? And I thought school. So I became a doctor and still with this idea of being a primary care physician where I'd be able to build a community and really build relationships and friendships with my patients. And it's just really difficult when you are seeing a mostly straight population or a conservative population to really feel comfortable being myself. Mm -hmm. And although they feel comfortable being themselves, it's not a two way street. And so I didn't love that. And so now being able to have my own practice and connect more with gay men where I have a lot in common with them, they know a lot about me already from social media, which is so cool to, to feel like they come in already being comfortable with me it's been like a dream come true i just can't even explain how 
privileged I feel to be able to connect with so many people. Like this morning, I made two new friends who are new patients, and we had appointments. And I'm like, oh my god, like I made new, two new friends today. Like yeah. I, I never had had that experience working in medicine before. My partner really helped with that. I was diagnosed with low testosterone when I was 27, which is not something I loved talking about, especially because I care about how I look and I, I work out a lot. People assume, obviously, that I take it just for fitness gains and to like make my body look a certain type of way. And so I was really self-conscious about it and didn't talk about it for many years. And my partner has seen me, you know, when you take testosterone, you inject it. So it's not something that you can really conceal from someone that you're with. Mm -hmm. And so um, he eventually was like, you know, you should really talk about how much it's changed your life and how much it's made your life better. Because he's seen it too. I've taken breaks and he's like, oh, I think, girl, you need to go back on your medicine. You were a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Totally I love, love that. that. Yeah. Like comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, um, exactly. Because exactly. I think of even when I was coming to Arkansas, my doctor, who told me? I think it was one of my students. He was gay. He'd give me the advice. But like, I didn't know about what prep was. Like, sure. Even like anything about it. I remember it, I'm so lucky. She was a female doctor in Arkansas and she was pro it. So like thankful for me. But like, for sure. it's just like something I don't even think, again, I don't see that on my social. And then even yeah. like, this sounds funny, but like, what brand a brand sent me like a douche and like i never knew about like do you (laughs) have to do this what is this for like but there's just stuff like that that like no one talks about but i feel like those are like exactly i don't know important i love our banter we should totally please come back we can continue talking about all kind of stuff (laughs) this was fun yay me too Add us on Instagram at Primary Care Pod. Catch up on past episodes and don't miss out on new ones. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify at Primary Care Pod.